Thomas Sagru is a historian who tracks disinvestment in cities, structural racism, and other factors that help create crises like the one we saw with Flint's water. On this episode of Created Equal, my conversation with NYU professor and author Thomas Sagru. It was founded on the principle We hold these truths to be self-evident That all men are created equal That all men are created equal Thomas Segrew is a professor of social and cultural analysis and history at NYU. He is a specialist in 20th century American politics, urban history, civil rights, and race. He is also the author of The Origins of the Urban Crisis, Race and Inequality in Postwar Detroit. Thomas Segrew, welcome. Thank you, Stephen. So I want to start with a look at this idea of Flint and how it connects, how what we saw happen in Flint just a few years ago connects to a pretty sprawling and persistent history in this country of inequality and race. How do you, how do you draw those lines? For the last half century plus, um, our cities have borne the weight of America's long history of of racial and economic inequality, race and class kind of reinforcing each other um, in the way that we allocate resources, in the way that we shape public policies, and the way that people live their everyday lives, economically, socially, and politically. And uh, so when you are thinking about how race plays a role in these things, talk about how specifically people can can understand that. I mean, I I hear from a lot of people this uh, defense that it's not race anymore and and we're past all of those sort of uh, awful structural inequalities, legal inequalities that were baked into the system. Talk about the way that those continue to bear, as you say, on urban centers and the people who live in those urban centers. Oh, yeah. Well, we often think about race uh, in the U.S. as something that uh, exists just in the hearts and minds of ordinary people. Are you a racist? Do you think bad things about people unlike yourself? Um, And that's often a very individualistic, of-the-moment way of thinking about race. But think about metropolitan Detroit and how race uh, shapes the experience of people living in the region. We have what I would call sediment, uh, a long legacy of built-up inequalities that still shape everyday life. And the best example of that is the housing market. Mm. Detroit is still one of the most racially segregated metropolitan areas in the United States. And that is a result of decades and decades of official public policies, real estate practices, um, and individual uh, and and family decisions about where to live. The result is we have a metropolitan area that has changed. It's better than it was 25 years ago or 30 years ago in terms of racial segregation, but it's still highly segregated. And that determined your access to public goods and resources like education, or like good quality water system. Um, it determines your access to the consumer marketplace. It's a lot easier to find high quality shopping uh, close to where you live in prosperous, um, predominantly white communities than it is in communities of color. It shapes um, your access to um, all sorts of public goods, the streets, the infrastructure, the sewers, 
Um, and it affects how much you pay for it in the form of, form of taxes. Um, there's a huge tax burden, disproportionately so, actually, on um, communities that are the most impoverished. And so all of those are long-term legacies. And it's not just a matter, in other words, of thinking badly about people who aren't like yourself. It's a matter of the way in which racial, racial inequality is baked into our everyday institutions. Hmm. And and so when something like the Flint water crisis happens, uh, we're, we're reminded of those things that you're talking about. We're reminded of uh, that history. But it also strikes me that that the response to those kinds of things needs to to sort of account for that history as well. And I I feel like we're not great at that either. That that when we are reminded of this inequality and the past inequality uh, that shapes the present, we don't act in a way that addresses that. We kind of uh, deal with the instant issue uh, kind of in a vacuum. Absolutely. You know, think about a place like Flint or Highland Park. We're dealing with communities that have suffered decades and decades of disinvestment, of the loss of jobs, uh, the loss of uh, tax paying, uh, tax, uh, tax base, particularly because of companies moving out and the population getting poorer and smaller. Both Flint and, and Highland Park have seen devastating population losses. And uh, the result is that you've got municipalities that simply don't have the resources on their own to deal with the long-term legacies of you know, an infrastructure that was built a hundred years ago that's full of lead in the case of Highland Park, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've got, in other words, uh, a, a need to think more systemically about the causes of and the solutions to um, these pressing urban problems. We can't just think about it in terms of individual attitudes, or we can't just think about it in terms of what happened yesterday. We have to think about the fact that this has been building for a very, very long time. I'm Ian Delisi. I'm Rob Reinhardt. And we're about to bring back the perfect opportunity to honor your favorite pet and support WDET. During our spring fundraiser, Ann and I will combine our shows so you can honor your dog. Or your cat. Or your dog. And WDET with a gift of support. We're looking forward to hearing about your pets, no matter what kind of cat that is. Cats and dogs and any other pet you may have will be part of our fundraiser. And if you can't wait till the weekend, make your gift now at WDET.org slash give. Or call 800-959-9338. I want to ask you about um, uh, the, the future and the things that, that you feel that we need to do and the opportunity, I guess, to shift the conversation to that, it does seem to me that uh, as we prepare to elect another president uh, in 2020, it is getting these kinds of issues seem to be getting a little bit more air than they normally do. Is this a turning point, I guess, in the way that we can talk about these issues? Well, it's hard for historians to look into our crystal balls and accurately <laughs> predict the future. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, <laughs> the here and now, the very fact that issues about school segregation, issues about reparations, uh, a discussion of the long-term effects of, of racial inequality in the United States are on the table, um, to me, is a very heartening sign. This is a conversation that is long overdue. We had a conversation about race during the Obama years, especially in the first uh, in his first term when he was the first African-American president. But a lot of that conversation was 
wow, we've made a breakthrough. We've entered a post-racial era. The civil rights uh, movement has come to its happy conclusion with the election of a black man to the highest office in the land. And, and it took uh, a lot of tragedies, uh, particularly in the 2011, 12, 13, 14, and a lot of protests to begin to put those issues back on the table around Black Lives Matter, around policing, um, but also around um, larger questions of the fact that the economy uh, continues to be better for white Americans than it does for uh, people of color. And so uh, those issues are coming on the table right now, I think, um, in part because of a reaction to uh, the divisive rhetoric of the current administration, but I think also in part because a lot of folks on the ground began to put pressure on elected officials and said, these issues matter. Um, it's not just, we can't just wave them away and say that somehow America is post-racial after the election of African American president. And events in the last decade have made uh, that crystal clear. On the next episode of Created Equal, we'll hear from the local journalist who started a publication to tell stories no one else was telling about Flint residents. These are the people who haven't been heard. And I never say, uh voiceless. They have a voice, they just didn't have a platform. I serve as that platform, that vehicle, so that if they have an issue, they can be heard. Created Equal is a production of WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Our executive producer is Joan Cherry Isabella. Our producers are Elena Fruget, Jake Neer, and Anna Marie Seisling. Our sound engineers are Matt Trevethan, Rowan Niamisto, and Rasan Cherry. Senior editor and musical composer is Sam Bobian. Our digital and social media team is Maida Stangi, Shiraz Ahmed, and Tony Brown. I'm your host, Stephen Henderson. <laughs>